I wasn't sure if I was ever going to share this story with you. It's one of those. I always say my life is 95% public and 5% I keep to myself. And honestly, I wasn't going to tell you this story because I didn't know that I was ever going to recover from this. And I was going to lock it away and just not have to worry about it anymore. But today I open up because I need you to have a full perspective. And I don't know there's anybody else that's ever been through this. I can't find anybody else in public. I can I can find plenty of people online, but like anybody like face-to-face that's been through something like this. But I just hope by the end of the story, two things happen. Number one, you don't judge me. And number two, that you take something away from it. And honestly, those two things are the biggest question mark as we start off today's show. Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast, everybody. Happy Monday. If it's Monday to you, I'm Steve Kramer. You're ending like a weird show. This is your first one, but it's fine. Um, I do the show to uplift you, make you feel good, but I, I, I only can do it because my mom is like literally the best human being in the whole entire world. And we start every show off by talking to her. This is Nancy Yancey, my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. I had a very uncomfortable situation happen to me. I thought that once I was done with radio here that you can kind of go back into living a uh, not-so-public existence, right? Like when you're on the radio, a lot of people may know you from from there, from social media or something, but I was hoping that like maybe part of that might kind of quiet down. Not in all situations. Some, some situations are really positive, but there are some awkward situations where you just don't want to be recognized, and one of those happened to me on Friday <laughs> – uh-oh. <laughs> so I've been having, I for like 20 years now, I've been having prostate problems, which I know is not the most ex- exciting topic to start off the podcast <laughs> with today. Um, I can't relate having, to it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I've been uh, I've been having problems now for a couple of weeks since I was like, you know what, I need to go like, let me just go get tested, make sure that it's not some type of infection or something. So call the doctor. He said, come in, no big deal. We'll just give you, you know, a pee test and that'll be it. So Go to the doctor, walk in, and sitting there waiting for my name to be called, and my name gets called, and the nurse brings me back, and she goes, I got to tell you, I'm such a big fan of yours. And I was like, oh my oh, gosh, that's so nice. No. <laughs> that's so nice. Now, I know what I'm here for, but I don't think she knows what I'm here for at this point yet, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh God, like, uh, she, she keeps saying like, yeah, I, this and that. I, I've seen you one time when I was at TJ Maxx over in Point Loma and oh when we were with, with your God. ex-wife and just, I, I love this and I love your podcast. And I love your mom. And like this goes on and on and on. She goes, okay, so what's going on today? And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> like, uh, well. I have a sore throat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm good actually. I just wanted to stop by and check in, support my small businesses and <laughs> I'm A-okay. Oh no. So, yeah, no, this happens. It only happens. And for me, like for other people, like maybe Gina she get recognized all the time, like like good good situations. Mine's only in uncomfortable situations, right? So I have to explain to her. I'm like, well, I'm like, my prostate kind of hurts, um, and like when I pee, it's just kind of like painful. She's like, oh, she's like, all right, and she's like typing it in, and you know, she's professional about it. Real sweet girl, by the way. I forget her name. I wish I could remember her name. Uh, and she uh, she's like, all right, well. You know, so she took my temperature, she weighed me, all that kind of stuff. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to need you to go pee in this cup for me. And I was like, well, this is kind of bizarre, right? Because this girl had like called into the radio show multiple times. She like told me the time she had like called in. I'm like, this is kind of uncomfortable now that I've got to go pee in a cup. She's like, no, it's, it's all right. So I go pee in the cup and I come back. I'm like, all right, here you go. This is really kind of awkward, right? And she's like, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I'm like, this is weird. You're standing here holding my urine. Oh, you hand. had to bring it back into the yeah, office? Yeah, I had to bring it back and give it to her. I like oh, had passed weird. my urine to her. <laughs> and I was like, oh my you gosh. You leave it there. Oh, that's, that's so, terrible. So uncomfortable in this situation to be to be recognized, you know? Well, please don't tell me she had to examine you. <laughs> no, no, no. Luckily, I was kind of worried. I was like, is she going to have to like stick her finger in my butt or something? Or like, what? Oh, but <laughs> luckily, we were able to just leave the awkwardness at the... Oh. Oh at the God. urination and that was that was the end of it so uh jeez oh, yeah wow what um, a what an interesting way to start my weekend well a similar thing happened to me one time when i was having a colonoscopy yeah. and this was a doctor i'd never been to before yeah. and some way somehow he knew that i was in the episcopal church mm-hmm. and and he says 
oh, by the way, he said, do you know so-and-so and so-and-so? And he goes, yeah, and I go to Holy Innocence. Now, I am ready to have my little dose of Valium or whatever, and he's getting ready to probe around my my butt. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I thought, oh, my God, I hope I never see him at church. <laughs> Wait, so did you... Did you know him or he just no, he no. was talking about going to the same kind of like kind of church? Yeah, I don't even know how it came up. I have That's no awkward. idea how it came up. But I thought, okay, I can never again go to Holy Innocence. Yeah, no, especially <laughs> they've been in that area. Well, that's what happened with my last doctor too was I, cause I, I mean, I always go by Steven Yancey. Like I don't walk in and be like, I'm Kramer from the radio. Okay. Even like when I put job description on any kind of medical form, it's always like media. You know, I don't put uh-huh. anything that can be any type of, because it's, it's like, I would like a little bit of privacy in some situations. And those are obviously some <laughs> of those situations, right? So, uh, yeah, that was, um, uh, maybe, maybe there's somebody else and you get a story that you're just like, I have an uncomfortable doctor's experience because there's nowhere <laughs> worse to have a, an awkward experience in the doctor's office, you know? Yes. Yes. The worst. Oh, they're probing the around your body parts. Yeah. 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 And I was in bed, the, the most of the weekend. I don't know. I just feel because last week was so much work. And I know that I've been like complaining about it a lot because it was, well, I mean, literally last week I was just like sun up to sundown working on that merch store and trying right. to get all that launched and all the marketing went behind it and you know, uh, all the social media and everything else behind it. And so thank you for everyone that took part in the pre-order. Everything now mm-hmm. is, uh, is closed for pre-order and is ready for actually, I don't know how tomorrow technically today for you will kick in. I don't know if it goes off of sale or if it just goes into regular anyway anyone that took part of the pre-sale thank you so much appreciate it um got a lot of stuff sold we sold out of the cheese main mugs by the way really mm. fast the sold out now so uh that's love awesome. this. Love really this. Cool. yeah and i still have to order some more t-shirts for my friends grandbabies we didn't even talk about your video that you did for <laughs> oh, me geez. We didn't get a chance to talk about it because I don't think I got it until after <laughs> after we were recording on Thursday. Right. That's oh right. Oh my gosh. Never again. Never again. So I don't again. know if you if you don't follow me on social media, you can. I'm that guy Kramer on Instagram. And <laughs> I asked my mom, like my purpose here was for her to just do a quick little video shout out uh for the all the merch, right? And maybe, maybe 30 seconds, just real quick. Well, she goes into this three minute, <laughs> this three minute explanation about every item and what it does and how it does it. And, <laughs> and how cute it is and how they're going to yeah. love it. Well, you first like, of all, you didn't say, you didn't here, say actually, before, 30 seconds. Before that, like, let's, uh, let's go back and let's listen to, um, let's listen to this, this video. Okay. Here, pull it up. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Hi, just a shout out today to talk about how excited we are about the certified mama's boy merch. Oh my gosh, how much fun will it be to start your day with a gimme some cheese may mug and then end your day with the rosé and and cheese may wine glass. That's what I plan to do and maybe have a little cheese may in between because I know Kramer loves cheese may as all of you know. Love the racerback shirt that I know Maggie will love wearing at the lake because in Georgia it is so blasted hot in the summer, so hot. And the boys are all going to love wearing the t-shirts because they're all certified mama's boys. Yes, they are. And I love the sweatshirt. The sweatshirt's for me. Can't wait to wear that. It looks so snuggly. And the cutest things ever are the toddler shirts. Oh my God, how adorable. And I hadn't even had any rosé. I know. Oh my gosh. Imagine if you had. I was talking to my friend Kim, who is an actress, and she's, you Mm -hmm. know, that's whose mic I'm using, by the way. Thank you, Kim. I know she listens. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I was saying, oh my God, it was so terrible. I said, I did it six times. First of all, I started outside and then I saw myself and went, oh no, that won't do. (laughs) And then I had my glasses on. It made the circles under my eyes look even worse. So I took my glasses off and then (laughs) I said, so by the time I had done that six times, at least I had the script down. But I said, but then when it stopped, like when you see the still part, that is the most horrid picture of me ever. (laughs) And I've got jowls. Now I feel like, oh my God, I have jowls. I've got to have a facelift. Oh no, uh, you don't. Yes. What a mess I am. Did you want to put the pretty filter on for next time? Oh, is there such a thing? Yes, of course. Actually, just Kim showed me a little. Filter, my mom. She, she has a little light that she uses when she does. Oh, the her, ring light. Yeah. Yeah. God, you're really gonna become an influencer now. <laughs> my mom's gonna be on TikTok pretty soon. Before you know, it, she'll be doing the dances and stuff and getting crazy over here. Yeah, you're you're really you're one step away. When you get that ring light, you're really. I mean, you're really. I don't even have the ring light, so if you go that far, I'm really. Well, she said it doesn't cost very much, and you always look great in it. And I'm like, oh. I may need that. <laughs> he said, well, if he asks you to do this again, just come down to my house and, and we'll get it together. I'm like, oh, Shoot it. thank you. Now you tell me. She said, you should have told me you were doing a video. It's like, oh, I didn't it's even so think funny. You, you feel like You feel like old people wouldn't think about this kind of stuff. I'm not even worried about it, right? You sound like a bunch of teenage girls. Like, get the right ring light. Get the right filter. Get the right this. Get the right that. It's so funny to me. This is why um, I don't use Facebook and Instagram. I get it. Uh, all it's, of it's you of guys that have Instagrammed me and want to follow me, thank you. Love you forever. But now you can see all nine of my photos. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think you're an Instagram star? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not very interesting. Well, should Just we tell people any- your Instagram name for those that want to find you? Oh, no, because then they'll all be disappointed. <laughs> Let's go through my mom's Instagram really quick to see um, mm-hmm. see what kind of stuff my mom has posted about, okay? Mm. Um, with the first one's a picture of a flower, okay? Uh-huh, yes. And there's a picture of everyone in the family but me. That was for your birthday last year. Uh-huh. And there's a picture of you and Maggie. Then there's a picture of me and you doing uh-huh. a, um, a cheers for your birthday. Uh-huh. Uh, then there's a picture of um, a meal, your food. Uh-huh. <laughs> Then there's just a picture of your porch for some reason. Then there's a picture that you took of a picture of me and Maggie. It's not even the actual picture. It's you took it on your cell phone. <laughs> then it looks like there's a, um, is that a stock file photo of Kauai that you put up here with the two rainbows? Yes. Yeah. That's a postcard. Oh, it's a postcard. Okay. It's that you also took. And then there's a- that you sent me. Oh, okay. All right. Then, okay. So that was, that was, she took that one in 2019. Okay. And then before that, we go back to 2013, six years before. <laughs> it's a very blurry picture of my dad and my brother. So yeah, you're not, you got to really step up your Instagram games. We can get people so people can come follow you. Oh no, I don't know. You got to. Okay. Let's get to our quote. What you got? Okay. This is from uh, Pima Shodron. And I may have actually used this before on the show, but I really do love this quote and I believe so much of it. I believe this so much. Nothing ever goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. Mm. So if you apply that to most anything in your life that is troubling you, right? And ask the question, what is it that I need to learn from this? You know, Ram Das talks about life curriculum. Like, what is this teaching me? What am I to learn right. from this? Like, think about think about the protest, Black Lives Matter. Think how much our minds are open now for white people, for me anyway, because there's still so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So much to learn. Even about COVID. I mean, apply it to COVID. There is still so much to learn about this virus. And friends, I hate to tell you, but people in Dawsonville are acting like what virus? You know, I mean, everywhere. Everybody's out, you know, not wearing masks. I don't know. You better listen to Dr. Fauci. 
I even I went out for lunch this week with a friend of mine, and I even caught myself. And I, I'm you know me, I'm like a very anal retentive person when it comes to staying safe during this whole thing. Like I try to be as safe as humanly possible. But there even a couple of times I caught myself, like when ordering food and like when uh, like sitting there across the table, then getting back up. I'm like, oh shit, I have my mask on. It's like you don't you kind of slide back into normality to a point where you almost forget about it when you do things that you were used to doing before without it, you know? I saw that IG shot and you didn't have on your mask. I was going to talk I know. to you I was about like, that. Oh, I went back and looked at it. I was like, oh shit, like I didn't even have a mask on. I wasn't even thinking, like, thinking about it because you're just going this normal routine, right? I know. You try to enter back into normality. That's uh, like been one of the first ple- – I think it's actually been the first restaurant that I've been to since all this went down, like to have it, at least to eat, you know, not to pick up. I, it's, uh, going along the lines of like, you know, a lot of people say that everything that happens in your situ- in your life is here to teach you a lesson. Yeah. I just, I, and I guess you just don't know what it is till it goes away. I keep looking at this lesson like, okay, so what, uh, what is this lesson? What had the last couple of years been? And of course, today on the show, we're going to talk about this lesson that I went through that I don't, I don't fucking understand most of the lessons that have been thrown my way in the past couple of years. I don't get them. Like, I don't know why they happened. It was all so weird and bizarre and crazy and strange. And like, I can't even explain to you. Like I told you that like, there's so many layers to the last two years of my life that I can never talk about before. And I don't know. I'm not sure yet what they mean. I mean, I would say anything that happened from like when my, I found out my wife was talking to the other guy all the way to today. I couldn't tell you what any of this has meant to like, I remember like right when that first happened and all the stuff with my ex was getting kind of crazy. I almost felt like I was just watching a movie almost like it was so crazy and out of control that I couldn't even, my brain couldn't even like process it, you know, that I couldn't, it was almost like, like this, I was stepping back from the situation, just watching it, which was kind of freaky mm-hmm. knowing that like it was so out of control, you know? Right. There's still something for you to learn. You need to ask yourself that. What is it I need to learn from this experience? Because if it's still there, mm-hmm. what do you what do you give me an example of something in your life that like was like didn't make a lot of sense, but now you get it in hindsight? Because I don't this honestly, my life's been pretty smooth. I mean, I lost my job back in 2011. That was kind of hard, and, and to me, it was like, oh, okay, well, it's exactly what I had to do to get to San Diego. But then that blew up, so I'm like, well, maybe that's not even like <laughs> I don't even have that theory anymore. So. I mean, do you have an example in your life that you're like, why is this happening? It seems so shitty at the time, but now if it didn't happen, it would oh. be, you know, oh, my life, wouldn't wouldn't be, life wouldn't be the way it was positively because of it. I have countless stories of that. I was thinking about when I did my Father's Day um, podcast about my brother. You know, as tragic as it was that my brother died and had the death that he had, I don't know if I would have ever been close to my brother had he not been ill. Mm. And so I'm I'm grateful that he and I had that time together to really get to know each other in a different way than we probably ever would have otherwise. You know, I can think of all a lot of those things around death of my family members that things have happened that you know I'm grateful for. <clears throat> I'm grateful that I that my dad didn't take my advice and go have his left lung removed when he did and decided to have no medical treatment and thank God by the grace of God he lived for 8 years yeah. and you know lived a, fair, a a normal life not fairly normal a normal life he was working the day he died right. um and so we had those wonderful years together but you have to think you know, if he had done what my brother and I were insisting that he do, which was go to the hospital the very next day and have that surgery, it could have all been very different. So, right. you know, the lesson there was people know their own bodies and they need to make the, those decisions for themselves. And that has really helped me. I mean, that has helped me with your dad's illness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's their illness. It's their body. Ultimately, it has to be their decision. And, you know, we can agree or disagree with it, but you have to support what they feel is right for them. Right. Uh, so that was so a. That touch just, so if you didn't, you think that if you didn't go through with what you went through with your dad, you'd have a hard time with my dad. Oh. And, you know, my dad has prostate cancer, in case you don't know, but has had it for so 20, many years. What, 20 years 20, now? 22 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Yeah. So, yeah. 
just know that, you know, your life curriculum is teaching you what you need to know so that you can be your best self. Well, we're going to see. We'll, in a future podcast, hopefully I'll come on and be, yay, thank God it all blew up. Yay. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. Yay, thank God it all blew up. So just know until then, it's, I'm still trying to figure it out. Until the episode comes and drops, then it's going to be me still like, I don't know. I don't know. This is all it weird. takes years to figure this out. It's well, not a- you got a lot of podcasts to listen to until then. <laughs> That's the one I'm going to retire on. That that'll be our final episode. Is going to be called "Yay, it all worked out," and that's going to be the end of the podcast. Okay, so until then, we're going to keep trying to figure this out together because I have no idea. So. You think I need to learn to do videos now since yeah. we have a long time to go? I may need to yeah, buy. Yeah, you one. might want to get on your Instagram game. You get get your ring it. light going over here because you got a lot more mom. You got a lot more lot more T shirts to promote between now and then. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay right. I gotta, I gotta get through today's show okay, honey love you forever okay when we get back i'm finally going to talk about this it's the thing i told you i mean there's like multiple layers of what happened in 2018 and 2019 in my life and there's so many i couldn't talk about on the radio and uh honestly even with friends and family i was kind of suffering with this alone and i don't even really know where this is gonna go my mom was asking me before, like, how are you going to talk about this? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know like the positive message in this, but I just feel like you should know kind of what was going on. We'll do it next with Monday Cheese May here on this Certified Mama's Boy podcast. All right, Monday Cheese May in a second. I'm so mad at myself because we didn't. I know I owe a couple of you guys some whoop whoops for my mom for being certified fans. Thank you to everyone that is a certified fan. Uh, really quick in your head, just think positive thoughts for everybody that's a certified fan because they're the ones that are keeping this show rolling right now financially. So thank you so much. And I'll, we'll give you your proper whoop whoops tomorrow when I have my mom on. Okay. Um, also, really quick too, tomorrow's a new episode of Ask My Mom here on the show. It's a segment we do where we're able to ask questions to my mom and she'll give you her motherly advice and we're able to talk it out and you guys are able to call in too and and last week man was so crazy and we didn't get a chance to go over some of these calls so i wanted to bring you guys on today for this so on thursday the last episode we did of ask my mom it was this woman here in san diego uh who's a, a follower of mine on instagram that sent me the message saying hey listen this summer school programs opened up up here and I want to be able to send my kids, but I, all my mom friends are kind of shaming me saying that I don't, I shouldn't be sending my kids. It's not safe, but I can't go do things like go to yoga. <laughs> it's like getting in the way of me doing yoga. And my advice was no, like that's, you're a mom. You need to number one, take care of your kids. If you have any concern, they might get coronavirus it's probably not the best momming move my mom though felt otherwise she was saying listen mom needs a break too moms need a break too i mean my social media blew up over this your phone calls blew up over this let's let's go over some of your thoughts on this episode hey kramer it's abby from richmond hill georgia this woman needs to send her kids back to the school if the schools are reopened they're taking precautions they're ready it's been long enough um if if nobody in her family is a high risk then I don't really see a problem with it. Um, now, if she has people in her family that are high risk, they should probably wait a little longer. Um, but she needs to send the kids back. They need that more than ever. They need their friends. They need social engagement. It really helps with their development. Um, so I think it's time. I think as a mom, she can make that decision. If she feels like it's okay, then it's okay. And ultimately, that's all that matters if she thinks it's good, it's good. Anyway, hope you're doing well. Love you forever. Bye. Hey, Kramer. This is Michelle. Absolutely not. My child is not going to be a test dummy out there like a guinea pig to see if this virus spreads even more. Um, I'll probably keep her in until second quarter to see how it's going to kind of test out the waters. That's just my opinion. Not sending my daughter. I'll keep her home. We'll homeschool for a little longer. Um, have a good day. Hi, Kramer. It's Annie from Imperial Beach. As a mom who has volunteered in classrooms pretty much for the last 10 years, I can tell you that they are germ pits to the highest level. It doesn't matter how much they clean them. Kids love to share germs. So from that perspective, personally, I don't intend to send my children back to the classroom until they've got a vaccine ready or we have herd immunity. There's just no way. There's no way that 
they can feasibly do all the social distancing and the facial coverings and the cleaning. There's just not enough staff. There's not enough funding. I just wouldn't feel safe. So I don't think that that mom should let her friends pressure her one way or another. I think that she just needs to do her research and be completely informed and make an informed decision. Love the show. Love what you guys are doing. Love your mom. Keep up the good work. Hey, Kramer. My name is Alexis, and I live in San Diego. My daughter goes to that same program, ESS, and we signed her up for the summer, too. They're taking lots of precautions, and it's a great way for the kids to get used to the fact that they are going to go back to school wearing masks. So for us, we deemed it safe enough, and um, our daughter is loving it. It's only day two. But I think that other mom is just fine. I just don't think it's the best idea. Like, that's your stay-at-home mom. Your job is to keep them safe. But anyway, we got a brand new episode of Ask My Mom here tomorrow on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. All right, Monday cheese may probably one of the hardest ones I had to do. Usually the cheese may is about everybody else, but I there's a couple of different stories and some I don't know that I'll ever share. Um, we're just going to start peeling back the onion here of my life over the last couple of years. There's stories though, when I was on the radio, I wasn't able to share with you for a multiple different reasons. And that's what Monday cheese may is all about. It's either about the radio business or something that happened behind the scenes on the shows that I was on, or, uh, just stories of my life that I couldn't really tell. And there's plenty more coming up. I would say in the next, um, maybe the next three or four weeks, we're going to have some stories on here that will really be like, whoa. Uh, so this is this is one of those. And I don't – you know, I put these stories out here because I – especially like a story like this because usually I have a positive message with it. This one kind of goes back to the quote of like I don't know what the message was for this. I don't know why I needed to go through this. I don't know why. It, it's just I have so many weird things that happen to me that – provide me with great content for the radio show, but for my life are just terrible. And this is like one of, the, one of these situations. So I hope that you'll withhold your judgment on this situation. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I don't think you'll be too upset about it, but I don't know. I don't know how you'll perceive me after this situation. Oh, all right. So let's go back to 2018. Okay. Um, keep in mind everything that had kind of played out right before that, right? October of 2016. 17, my wife's like, I'm not happy. I want it to, uh, I'm not happy anymore. And I said, okay, let's go to therapy. She said, no, kind of, that was a rough patch of, with us. Then my dog died in March and then my wife left in April. And so you can imagine my, my mindset like wasn't great. And I had just kind of been laying low and really because it was hard for me to go out and even to be on social media because all of a sudden my ex-wife wasn't in there anymore or she wouldn't be out. And there were so many different times. I can remember one time going out to um, what's it called? Wonderland over in OB. It's this little bar by the water. And I, I ran into a, it's a guy I worked with at the time. And he's like, where's your wife? Where's she at? And it's just like, Oh, every time you had to answer that question, I wasn't ready to talk about it yet, but your life's so public. It's hard. So I really laid low for a couple of months and I was just kind of sitting in the house, just sulking in it because I didn't want to go out and like face the world with it. I'd go to work. I would do my job and I'd come home. That was really about it. Well, here it is a couple months later and my friends were like, listen, you need to like go out. Your ex-wife is out living her best life. I don't know why you won't just go out and experience it. Like just go do something fun. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I kept thinking about the ideas. Okay. So this was the day before the 4th of July. So not too far out from today's the 21st of June when I'm recording it. So it was like two years ago. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. And I'm just going to go and like go bike hard as hell. And that's not like me, by the way. I'm not like your wild party animal. Go out. And I haven't. I never have been. Maybe in college and like early 20s. But I would say since probably 25 years old. So 12 years ago, I haven't really gone hard. Right. But it started as like a lunch. And like we were like, it's okay. We're just going to go out for lunch. And then that's going to be it. Well, then that kind of moved on to okay now we're like having a couple drinks after lunch and we were like drinking these are like my my wild friends right so here it is it's probably two three o'clock and i'm just like wasted and keep going keep drinking keep partying you know everything 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 and 
it was getting probably close. Keep in mind, because like it's it's only like four or five o'clock, and my friend's like, "Hey, I want you to have like the night of your life." And I'm like, "Okay," because I'm now like you know probably ten beers in, and she's like, "Have you ever tried Molly before?" And I was like, "I was like, no, I don't do drugs because I don't I don't really do drugs. I just started messing around with marijuana like when I got to San Diego because I'm just." My sense, my body is so sensitive to every substance I put in there. That's why I can't drink caffeine. I can't drink. I can't really like. Like if I alter my body's um, natural state at all, it like freaks out. So sensitive to everything I put in there. So I was like, no, no, uh, I don't do drugs. But you guys can do it. Like I don't care. People around me do drugs all the time, and I didn't really. It doesn't bother me. I just chose not to. Just got just to risk it. So the night goes on. We keep going, and in the back of my head, I kept thinking like, well. Should I like I've never really gone wild before. Like I never have. And I've been married now for 11 years or with her for 11 years and she's out like having the time of her life. Maybe I should just go fucking balls to the wall today and just go all out. So they start taking Molly and I at, at this point I don't really even really know what Molly is. And in case you don't know either, it's kind of like it's kind of like ecstasy, but it's more of it's like MDMA, which is uh, made. It's like made in a lab now, though. And people, and this is all stuff I had to learn afterwards. I didn't even know, but so I'll just I'll go with my complete naivete at this point. Okay, so I'm like everyone's having fun, and you know, uh, one of the girls that I was with is like, "Hey, listen, I've got like just a little bit. Like I can split this one with you. Like you wanted to split it, and I'll take most of it, and you can just take a little bit of it." And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. But I remember thinking, I was still like trying to be responsible, even though I was like 15 drinks in at this point, I'm sure. I was like, should, uh, is there any kind of like side effects to this? Because I can't risk my life getting any crazier right now. I don't want to end up like dead. I don't want to know anything about it. And she was like, you might feel a little funky tomorrow, but like that'll be, you'll be back to normal. And I was like, okay, you know what? Here we go. Pop this tiny. I mean, y'all, it's a capsule, right? It's like a capsule of, of Molly. And um, so think of like a, the only thing I can equate it to is my own like vitamins, because <laughs> that's where my life's at. And so imagine like one of those just clear what gel caps and there's maybe an eighth in there. So there's not a lot in there. I'm like, you know what? Who cares? Let's try it. I take it. Um, and I'm wasted already. And to be honest with you, I did, I felt a little bit, I was kind of like, Oh, this is fun. This is fun. But nothing too terribly crazy. After that, did I really feel any different? I wasn't like just tripping. I wasn't like it, people say when you take ecstasy, you're like, you just want to have sex with everybody. You want to touch everybody. I was like a little probably touchier than usual, maybe like a little flirtier than usual. Uh, but I was also really drunk. So anyway, it was just whatever. It was no big deal. And shortly after that, I mean, we, we probably hung out for another hour or two. And that was really that was really it. And well, one of the people that I was with had like lost their ID at this point. So everyone's like, okay, let's go home. It was not late. It was like 11 o'clock at this point. So go home, go to sleep, wake up the next day and still actually feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty like giggly and happy and, and whatever. And everything's kind of feeling fine, but probably around noon, around lunchtime, I'm starting to feel like just like dead to the world. And I'm thinking maybe it's like a hangover, but this was like different than a hangover for me. This was just kind of like, I had no energy. I had no energy to do like anything. I couldn't even like imagine getting out of bed. I just wanted to lay in that bed. And I did for a long time. Uh, I had to get up and go to Gina was having a fourth of July party that night. So that's the only thing that I went to. I did go I did get up and go to that. Uh, but I remember like just not feeling right at all. And uh so I was like, okay, whatever. Went to the party, came home, woke up the next day. So this is now the fifth of July. I think we had the day off. Or maybe we didn't. Maybe we had to go to work that next day. But I remember feeling really drained. Like my whole body just felt like, and I'm not talking like a hangover. I mean, I've had hangovers before. But this was like where I couldn't even like pull myself up to really do much of anything. But I had to go to work that day. So I went and I did the show. And I remember I was texting with that friend who had given me that pill. I'm like, hey, I'm not feeling right. Like I'm just not. And she's like, it's fine. Like you'll you'll just give it a couple of days. You know, it's just this Molly hangover. They call it Suicide Monday, where your body just goes to this really. Uh, it's because how Molly and ecstasy works is it 
raises your it falsely raises your serotonin system so you're all like i'm happy i'm happy i'm touchy i'm kissy i'm feely but then it drops it back down and then it kind of levels out so i'm like okay no big deal well i go home and i'm just drained i'm feeling crazy and i'm like this is not good and so i go in uh just lay around the rest of the day wake up the next day do the show come home and still like i'm like i gotta get this molly out of my system because i'm still just feeling like way off and so i start reading online and it was saying that if you – there's a one – all these different kind of things. This is where I really went wrong was it was like all these different things you could do. And one of them was you can smoke a little bit of weed and that it will um, kind of counteract the the drug and it will kind of just boost your serotonin system and you'll feel better at least in the, while it's repairing itself. But I don't – I didn't smoke a lot of weed. I would take some edibles every now and then. So I decided to – at a five-milligram edible – and I decided to take that edible. And what happened, that was like probably before I was going to bed. It was like, I need to sleep, get some good sleep. I'm just take this edible. Take the edible. And like an hour later, my whole fucking life changed. My whole fucking life changed in that moment. Um, I went into the deepest, darkest depression and anxiety that I have ever been in my whole entire life. And I start freaking the fuck out because I can't sleep. I can't really do anything. I can't like my, my, my heart's just racing. Like it's just racing my brains. And I, this is not the typical marijuana feeling I get. I usually feel very relaxed, but I am like, I am like freaking out and I'm feeling like suicidal and I'm like, what the hell is this? So I remember I, call up the doctor on demand, which we talked about my, my biggest fan. And I had to explain it to him. Listen, I, I don't know what's going on. This is, and she's like, listen, you got to let it get out of your system. You're going to be fine. You know, it won't, it, it may take a day or two, but I would say within a week you'll feel fine. So I'm like stuck in my house now. It's the weekend, right? I'm freaking out. And I remember I was like, let me go, let me go sweat this out. So I go down to the gym and I get on the elliptical and just do a little bit. And I'm actually feeling like a little bit better by the end of it. And I get home and I remember maybe about 30 minutes after I get home, I go into this like psychotic, like screaming, freaking out, sadness, fear. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like the, the sides of my head feel like they are just about to explode. Like they're just like crunching in on my head like something I've never felt before. And I remember I had to start like, I had to start calling people. Then I called my best friend who I had. Um, uh, I just had to like talk to somebody and to be like, man, I don't know what I've done, but I'm freaking the fuck out over here. And he's like kind of paranoid. I remember I called Gina and I was like, Hey, listen, I, I gotta tell you what I did because I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And remember in this moment too, this is when all of my, I have this condition called hyperacusis, which is a hypersensitivity to sound, which is really rare, but it's, it's all well, sometimes it can be like based on your serotonin system. So when that gets off, then like your hearing starts to get, uh, it's, it's almost like sound hurts. Go do some research on it. It's kind of boring, but so I, uh, all of a sudden this, this like painful noise starts like kicking back in. I haven't had that problem in about five years and it just starts like overwhelming my body with like everything, all the sound starting to hurt. So what I did, what I decided to do was actually call my now ex-wife and I'm like, hey, listen, I don't want to have to do this, but I don't know what else to do. Can you come over so I can explain this to you? And she comes over and I explain everything to her. And that's like when I kind of knew everything was going to be over because she was like, yeah, you can't really lean on me for this kind of stuff anymore. And I was like, uh... Okay. So at this point, I'm, I mean, I'm freaking out. My body's at like level 10 anxiety, but it's also like a level 10 depression. I'm like, I literally feel like I want to end my life. And I've never felt that way before. And I, so I take myself over to the, the ER, the sharp ER over in downtown. And I have to explain everything to them. And she's like, 
listen, you made a bad mistake. You shouldn't do drugs. Don't do it anymore. You're going to be fine in the morning. Okay. She's like, go home. Uh, cause this, at this point I hadn't slept. I had not slept in like 72 hours at this point. I should mention that. Right. She's like, you need to go like relax. I'm like, listen, I can't sleep. I can't eat. I know this is really gross, but like, I'm like, everything's like flowing through my body. If you know what I mean? Cause my body's like just rejecting this pill. Um, and so everything I'm eating is just like boop right out. Um, so it goes on like this for a week. I probably don't sleep, you guys, for about three weeks, more than maybe an hour or two. I'm missing work because I'm I'm so anxious and depressed and so brain dead from not sleeping that I'm literally losing my mind. So at this point, after like a weekend when I'm not really feeling better, and, I'm, and at this point, I'm like, I'm trying anything to like counteract this. I'm doing acupuncture. I'm trying to sweat this out. I'm trying to do everything. I decide to uh, start doing some research on this. And I find a couple of different websites and you can do your research on this stuff if you want to. And I, I honestly started looking at it again. I was going to pull up some like, exact sites for you, but then it started giving me anxiety just going back to those days. So I'm not going to go back there anymore. But what I found that is that some people, they call this like the dark side of ecstasy, where if you either A, can't handle it, your brain can't handle it, or B, you take way too much of it, which obviously wasn't my part, you can literally go into these hyperactive depression, anxiety states that can last an X amount of period of time. Usually it's said people that have really bad reactions to it. If you're under 25, it usually lasts about six months. And if you are over 25, it can last like up to a year to 18 months. I mean, some places we're saying 18 months until you finally like recover. I was, uh, I was, was trying to check with different sources on, on it. I ended up going to like a neurologist because I'm like, I've like permanently effed up my brain. I'm going to stay. Cause you guys, again, I've been through so much weird stuff in my life. Never felt this level of anxiety and depression ever, 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 ever. I remember my family had to keep flying out here because I couldn't like, I was scared to be alone because I was so suicidal feeling that I didn't even know if I can be left alone, I would just be in this really dark spot. I'd lay in bed most of every day. And I think obviously it compounded because of all the divorce stuff, but I finally went to see a neurologist who handles brain and drugs. And he was the one that finally explained to me of like, Hey, yeah, listen, like you, your ba- your brain is basically allergic to ecstasy and you, uh, you've like shut down your serotonin system and it, it most likely will come back. Some people don't get all the way back to where it was, but you, you know, I, I suspect if you just take care of your brain that you'll be able to recover at some point, but I don't know how long it, it could take six months. It could take a year. So some people it sees up to two years and he explained to me too, that this doesn't even just happen with illegal drugs, but this hack can happen too with, um, any kind of thing that affects your serotonin system can literally shut it down and then take a long time to come back. Every three months, I would probably see a little bit of progress. And you can imagine this was really challenging for me. And I never told anybody other than like immediate people on the show that I was going through this. So like management didn't know. Um, nobody. I just I was just kept, kept saying that like, hey, I'm, I'm in like a bad place because of my divorce. And luckily they were they were all super supportive of it. And I was able to go in and mostly do my job. Um, I, I felt bad for them because I was in such a bad mental place. And it was, it was challenging for the show because I and I was I'm thankful for them to this day because they they allowed me to just do my best. That's what I try to do every day. I was like, just go in there for a second. I can just do four hours of a show. And I could fake it okay for a while. So it took me probably, I would say probably it was probably it was over a year. So I remember the, the year anniversary and I was still feeling like kind of, I go th- I start going through these waves where like I get better, but then I get worse and I get better and then I get not worse, but like I, I just sink back down to the depression that I come back and nothing would cause it. it. Wasn't like something sad would happen. It was just these waves, these terrible waves that I would go through. And probably about 14 months later was when I, I could finally say, all right, I'm at least out of the woods. Um, and today I don't really think about it at all unless we go back and really start talking about it. And it was scary. I mean, I thought I was literally was probably going to kill myself at that point because I was so in such a deep, uncontrollable depression. And I went to three different therapists. I went to seven different doctors. I mean, and every single one of them is like, you're just gonna have to wait this out. And being in your house alone is the worst thing that I could have been. And going through a divorce at the same time with an ex-wife that didn't really give a shit. Oh, it was. Yeah. So. I don't know what the moral of the story is. It is, it is the main reason of why I, I mean, it is the reason of why I stopped drinking 
because I knew that I can't make good decisions when I drink and I made a terrible one that night and now it really affected my life in such a positive, like such a negative sense. I started eating super clean. That's when I went vegan. And I, I, that's like some of the gifts that came of it, right? Like I love now that I don't drink anymore. I honestly feel a million times better because I get so much anxiety from drinking in the first place. So thankful I don't drink anymore. Um, I love being vegan. I really have enjoyed that now. Never would have done it if it wasn't for the Molly. And also the gluten-free thing. The last neurologist that I went to see, who one was really good at drugs, he said that your brain can't can heal faster if you don't eat gluten. It can be kind of inflammatory on the brain. So try cutting out gluten. And I'm really glad I cut that out too because I saw all the benefits of that too. But when it comes to lessons I can pass along, other than like it, things do get better, is just don't do drugs. <laughs> or if you do, just cross your fingers that you don't have a weird side effect like this. I mean, if you're if you're one of the people that do it casually. I would at least go do some research on it because you can have these really bad long-term effects that for me was just the absolute worst thing that I could imagine going through having this depression and anxiety I couldn't control. So uh, I wish I had a better like, ta-da, everything was, and thank God it did. I mean, other than those few things, little nuggets, I mean, it was a really, really hard period of my life, but I feel like for you to get the full scope of what I've been through over the last couple of years, you kind of needed to know that story. So don't do drugs, okay? Thanks for letting me open up about that. Let's go ahead and get into the good news. All right, if you're new for the podcast and you just came for the cheese mate, let me explain. <laughs> we, uh, we do the good news at the end of the show. It's like good stuff going on in the world that's not being focused on because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on too. Uh, let's go today, though, over to Tennessee. There's a deputy there named Jody. He's a guy, by the way, a white guy, over in Sumner County, Tennessee. He stopped for breakfast over at Cracker Barrel, and I'm sure it was delicious because Cracker Barrel is the best. If you live in California, let me tell you, you're really missing out on Cracker Barrel. I don't think we have any here, but dang it, you're missing out. That and Waffle House. Lord of mercy, Waffle House. Okay, uh, so anyway, so it was great. He's going to pay for his meal. He discovered that the women had actually already paid for his bill, but what they did was they left him a note. It said, Black Lives Matter... But so does yours. Thank you for your service. Breakfast paid. Jody asked, like, you know, who was, who left this? And it was two black women who were about to board a plane over to Maryland. I think that was really kind. I mean, for no reason other than just to, you know, spread some kindness. So what he did was he took the picture, he put it on Facebook, hoping that, you know, it would reach them. He said, I want to thank the two sweet black ladies who paid for my breakfast this morning. I know there's a lot of tension right now, you know, between police and with the black community and how these two are coexisting right now. So I think when we can find a story of some positivity, we should share it. That's awesome. And now we'll go up to Canada. I'll tell you about this contest that was put on by a website called greatergood.com. They invited a high school and college seniors to record a selfie video to answer the question, how did coronavirus change your senior year? And all these kids, you know, entered it. And the woman that won, she was about to graduate from, or she is graduate, did graduate from John Abbott College. Her name is April Judd. She used humor and creative edits to depict like what it was like for her to have to move back in with her family and miss a chance to say goodbye to all of her friends. But her message is so cool. I think it's, it's probably good for all of us to hear here at the end of the show is you got to mold the universe into the future that you want to see. Here she is. We've seen how quickly the globe can change in a matter of announcements. Life is not predetermined. It is subject to change. And so we need to be able to change too. I don't want to leave this global pause, if you will, and go back to the way things were. I want to leave and I want to have a heightened appreciation for all the things that make life full. I see more and more people on social media every day inspiring people to do the same, and I want to be one of those people. Someone who creates and finds beauty in even the less favorable hands that life deals us. I think it's cool. Had that mindset coming out of college. Uh, she won $1,000, by the way. And she ended her message with, we got this, or at least we will eventually. And I feel like we all, I'm, I'm there, April. I feel you. Like eventually, eventually we're going to get there. And let's do made me laugh here at the end, too. It's something I find. I think it's funny. It should make you laugh, too, here at the very end of the show. And we started the show talking about my very awkward doctor's experience from from, uh, from Friday. And we'll end with that same kind of thing. Ricky Gervais and his awkward doctor experience. And the doctor said, uh, it's a bit more thorough than usual. It's a big tour. So we need a urine sample. I went, fine, yeah. So he gave me the little thing in the bag to put it in. Did that. Gave it back to him. Good as gold. He went, oh, can you strip down to your boxer shorts? 
thought was his style. I don't have to do that before. But I stripped down to my boxer shorts. Oh, for fuck. The one day I wear white boxer shorts. <laughs> Big wet patch from the wig. <laughs> oh, Why didn't he warn me? Why didn't he say, be careful, I'll be checking your pants in a minute? He's, you know. <laughs> and there's nothing I could do. I just stood there and it was. It, <laughs> And it was one of those pairs just had a slit, and I tried to sort of pull it over. <laughs> and it pinged back, and he, he saw it. I saw the moment he saw it. There's nothing I could do. And I was thinking, oh, sorry, he's a doctor, he can't tell anyone. And then I thought, if I was a doctor, I'd tell everyone everything. <laughs> I would. I'd come and go, you'll never guess what I found up an arse today. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to tell everyone. And I had, to, <laughs> I had to touch my toes as well, which sounds all right in front of a doctor, but it's still a man you haven't met before in pants that you've wet. So you feel really vulnerable and just... And you try and make everything look okay in the doctors, don't you? They go, does that hurt? Definitely not. Definitely not. Touch your toes, easy, right? And the truth is, I've got to that age where I have to make a sort of noise to get me up and down now. Do you know what I mean? That didn't happen in your 20s. 20s, bang. 30s, bang. 40s, you go... Why do you do that? I think it's a warning to family and friends that they hear that and go, oh, granddad's bending over. And he's up. On with the barbecue. Uh-huh. Hopefully you can call me with your stories too, because I'm sure we're not the only two people that have these terribly awkward doctor experiences. 888-Kramer8. 888-K-R-A-M-E-R. The number 8. 888-Kramer8. Thank you so much to every single certified fan out there for keeping this podcast going. Thank you to everybody buying merch. Don't forget to go check it out. If you text the word merch to 888-Kramer8. I'll send you right to it. So just merch, M-E-R-C-H to 888-Kramer8 from your cell phone. I'll send you a link over there right now. I hope you don't think I'm a terrible person now. And if you don't, then we'll see you back here tomorrow. Okay? Have a good one. Hey, Kramer. It's Ruby from Bonita. Um, I'm calling because I was listening to the podcast right now. Um, I'm a couple of days behind. I'm on episode 62. Um, and you were talking to your mom about how many times a day you talk to your parents? Hi, well, we actually have a group chat, and my parents and my siblings um, and I we receive Drab Maggie and coming from uh, either one of our parents. They kind of rotate, and then um, we just like we talk literally all day. Like we'll text each other if it's too long to text, um, or we want to you know hear each other's voices. We'll call. I don't think it's weird that your sister calls your mom that often. I think it's pretty normal. Bye. Love you forever. This is Annette. I'm pulling from Antonita. Uh, my boyfriend calls his mom three times a day at least. They talk on the phone 20 to an hour. And we literally live a freeway exit from their house. So we're in the same town, but they still talk on the phone a lot. Love you forever, and I love the podcast, and I love your mom. Bye. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.